there, food eaters. Welcome to episode number 83 of the Food Labels Revealed podcast. I'm your host, Mel Weinstein, your feisty, self-professed prophet of processed foods. You know, I was thinking lately that I've been producing this podcast for over seven years now, consistently harping about questionable food ingredients and ultra-processed foods. But I've never put together a consumer's what-to-do list, like all those lists you see on the internet and in magazines that make recommendations or warnings. For example, the top 10 foods to eat for the greatest health benefits, or the top 10 foods to avoid to live a long and active life. So, uh, I've decided that it's about time that I construct a list of rules to eat by as they relate to overly processed foods. Of course, in reality, there's only one rule that's required. Don't eat overly processed foods. That would take care of it. Easily said than done. On the other side of reality, we do live in the USA. We're surrounded and bombarded by those types of foods. They're everywhere. They get into our brains and unleash cravings. The commercial food industry constantly bombards us with subtle and not-so-subtle messages to consume them. This is the modern society that we have to contend with. It didn't happen overnight. It's been building for three quarters of a century. I'm a pretty good representative of that society. I'm currently 73 years old. I grew up in the 50s and 60s when the availability of refined and overly processed foods was starting to grow exponentially. I had the consummate sweet tooth. I was told not to eat sugary foods before supper, but the rest of the day was just fine. A dollar back then could buy a bunch of candy. For ease of access, there was a candy store directly across from my elementary school and I was a steady customer. Nobody warned me about the dangers of refined sugar. I didn't read a book on that subject until the mid-1970s. It was called Sugar Blues by William Dufty. It made an impact on me, but a loss that only lasted maybe a year uh, before all the cravings returned. As a kid, I loved all things sweet. Candy, ice cream, donuts, pastries, pies, cakes, puddings, cookies, cereals, soda. That's a lot. There is no end to all those possibilities. Halloween was my favorite holiday, as I could gather a month's supply, maybe two months' supply of sweets in just a single night. My teeth suffered the most. I really got to know my dentist. My mouth was riddled with cavities. Other than that, my health was pretty good as a kid. In graduate school, I developed an addiction to payday candy bars. At that time, I was a chemistry graduate assistant. I got a stipend for teaching lab classes. Late at night, as I was grading lab reports in the chemistry building, I would wander down the hall to a nearby vending machine, put some change into it, and eagerly grab the falling payday. Back in the office, I began the ritual individually eat all the salted peanuts off the outside of the bar, then nibble at the nougat-like caramel core until the papers were grated. Sometimes that required a second bar. Later, as a young adult, I discovered thrift bakeries. 
These were stores that sold slightly expired baked goods like cake donuts, Hostess Twinkies, or chocolate cupcakes. I could buy boxes of them, dirt cheap. One day, after I started teaching full-time, I purchased six packages of Twinkies. They came two to a package in those days, so that's a total of 12. I took them back to my office and scarfed them down. That was my lunch. I got very sick to my stomach that afternoon. As I got into my late 20s, I finally realized that I had a lactose intolerance condition. Dairy was not doing my body any good. The final chapter in that GI journey through hell involved eating at a pizzeria and then getting dessert at an ice cream parlor afterwards. For the next 24 hours, my body raged at me. I finally started to figure things out. It was a long and difficult path to let go of bad habits. By my 40s, I was making some headway. The cravings had diminished and the sugar consumption, although not eliminated, had fallen greatly. By my 50s, I was down to one can of Coca-Cola per week. That was my favorite. In my 60s, I really started to pay attention to the quality of the food I was eating stripping away a significant amount of overly processed foods, not quite eliminating them entirely, but relegating them to a minor part of my diet. I drastically cut back on fast food restaurants, only visiting them maybe a handful of times a year. Although it took me a long time to examine the foods I was eating, I also realized, fortunately, that it was never too late to change a bad habit. However, As I was constantly improving my diet in my older years, I hit a wall in April of 2022 when I was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer. Most people don't heal from that disease, but die rather quickly because the only potential cure is tumor removal, and that's before the cancer metastasizes. Less than 10% of patients can actually be operated on. I was one of the fortunate few and the tumor was resected in a very complex operation last March. For now, I am cancer-free. I can't explain how I got cancer. Maybe it was the hyper-sweet diet of my youth. Maybe it was all the hazardous chemicals I had worked with in college and throughout my careers. Maybe it was the BRCA genes handed down from my mother. Who knows? But I have full faith that adopting a very healthy diet from here on out will be the best path forward for a vigorous and active final chapter. In addition to greatly cutting back on sweets in the last few decades, I also eliminated meat products along with dairy. Removing those three groups, sweetened foods, meats, and dairy, allowed me to greatly reduce the consumption of overly processed foods. Now, let's get to the rules to eat by for overly processed foods. This list is probably not complete because I'm sure I've left out a few things, but it will do for starters. I wasn't trying to shoot for a nice number, like 10, but just recorded what came to me as I was writing this episode. Also, the rules are not ranked. They are not prioritized. Rule number one. Choose whole foods. Whole foods, by their very nature, are unprocessed or very lightly processed. Eat fruits, vegetables, legumes, nuts, seeds, lightly processed grains, unprocessed meats, small amounts, etc. 
You'll eliminate most health issues with commercial foods if you follow this rule. Okay, we know most people aren't going to eat a whole foods diet in this society. Yeah, it's doable, but it's difficult. So let's continue with the rest of the rules. Number two, purchase organic food whenever available and affordable. Of course, this goes along with rule number one. By eating organic, you eliminate most biocides, as insecticides, herbicides, byproducts of toxic fertilizers, GMOs, and other weird technologies, for example, hormones, microbial cultures, and lab-based foods that are used in the food industry. The feds have an organic standard that growers and packagers must follow to be certified organic. Be sure to look for the USDA certification on the package label. Number three, eliminate or limit fried and grilled foods. Here I'm not referring to the high fat intake. Foods that are heated to high temperatures can create toxic and carcinogenic byproducts. That can happen with meats cooked on a charcoal grill or potatoes cooked in a fryer to make chips. Your marvelous body can handle a small load of toxic chemicals added to foods, but if you overload your system, organs can fail or cancer can take root. The following rules apply to to overly processed foods. Number four, check the package or can for the ingredients list. Count the number of ingredients. As a rule of thumb, don't eat a food that has more than 15 ingredients in it, That eliminates most fast foods as well. There are exceptions. If the majority of those ingredients are organic and or whole foods, then you have the green light. But when I was researching my book, I examined Pizza Hut's Meat Lover's Pizza. It had an astounding 112 ingredients. There were a number of repeats, but 59 of them were unique ingredients. Just think about that. Number five, don't eat any foods with ingredients whose names you can't pronounce or have never heard of. Not all additives with unpronounceable names are bad for you, but unless you're willing to take the time to look them up and educate yourself, it's best just to avoid them. Do you really want to eat a food with azodicarbonamide in it? Know that all such additives are synthetic and therefore extremely industrialized. Your body won't recognize it, and the chemical may get broken down into harmful byproducts. Number six, don't eat any foods with acronyms as ingredients. This rule goes along with number five. If a manufacturer is too lazy to tell you the name of the ingredient so you can look it up, avoid that food. If you see TBHQ on the food label, just put that food back on the shelf. It's a preservative that stands for tertiary butyl hydroquinone. Only a name a chemist would love. But how are you supposed to know whether it's safe or not? The Japanese have banned it in their food products. Do they know something we don't? There are a number of chemical additives that are permitted at so-called safe levels by the FDA, but are banned in other countries. Better safe than sorry. Number seven, stop eating processed meats. 
This category includes bologna, hot dogs, sausages, bacon, etc. Sorry, I know that probably includes a lot of the foods you like to eat. The World Health Organization, WHO, has categorized processed meats as Group 1 carcinogens. Studies have shown that the higher the intake of processed meats, the higher the risk of colorectal cancers and other chronic diseases. Why tempt fate? Number 8. Don't eat foods with generic ingredients. This rule includes a bunch of ingredients. Food manufacturers are allowed to use terms like natural or synthetic flavors, natural or synthetic colors, or generic terms like modified food starch. These generic terms don't actually tell you what the ingredients are, but mainly refer to their sources or degree of processing. Modified food starches are mixtures, first of all. Second of all, modified starches can be physically or chemically modified or a combination thereof, and you won't know what you're eating. Again, if the food manufacturer is unwilling to accurately name the ingredients, put the food back on the shelf. Number nine, avoid foods with high levels of saturated fats. Those foods are linked to arteriosclerosis and contribute to heart attacks and strokes. The upper daily limit for saturated fat is 20 grams, but you should try to stay well below that level. Number 10, avoid foods with trans fat in them. There is no safe limit for trans fat, which also contributes to heart disease. Unfortunately, for a number of decades, margarines contained trans fats. They weren't banned until 2015, and food manufacturers were given until 2018 to replace them in their products. I was exposed to them for most of my life. I have symptoms of heart disease. Note that on food labels, manufacturers are allowed to report zero grams of trans fat, even if a serving has up to 0.5 grams in it. Go figure. Number 11. Avoid overly processed foods with high levels of sugar, oil, and salt. A steady diet of those foods can lead to metabolic disorders, including heart disease, stroke, diabetes, obesity, and fatty liver disease. Those foods were the bane of my earlier life. Here are the recommended daily limits. Added sugar, less than 50 grams. Oil or fat, 65 grams. I should say less than 65 grams. And sodium, less than 2,400 milligrams. Note that even those fast food restaurants with a marketed health halo, like Starbucks and Subway, sell these kinds of foods. Number 12. Avoid foods with low levels of fiber. In recent decades, the importance of fiber, both soluble and insoluble, has been revealed. Adequate fiber intake keeps the gut, the microbiome, healthy, the bowels moving, and food from stagnating in the colon. There are links between the gut and the brain, so a healthy gut helps keep the brain healthy. Only plant foods provide fiber. Meat, fish, and seafood contribute zero fiber to the diet. It is recommended that at least 25 grams of fiber should be consumed daily, but that value is probably not optimal and is likely 10 to 20 grams too low. Number 13, the final rule. 
Read the nutrition facts label. Get familiar with the basic macro and micronutrients and their amounts that are recommended for basic health. Try to make sure that you're getting at least the minimum amounts. Generally, if you're eating a varied diet with low levels of overly processed foods, you should be okay. Well, food eaters, that's it for today's episode. I got a load off my chest. If you're of a mind, share these rules to eat with your friends and relatives. In my book, Fast Food Ingredients Revealed, What Are You Eating? I include a chapter on the association between ultra-processed foods and lifestyle diseases. I review about 10 recent scientific studies that address health issues. And the evidence is very strong. Take care, and we'll be in contact again next month. To all the listeners in podcast land, old and new, I appreciate you tuning in. If you have a little more time, I'd greatly appreciate a five-star rating at the iTunes Store. You can find all the episodes of Food Labels Revealed and their show notes at the hosting website called Podbean. That's www.podbean.com or just by Googling Food Labels Revealed. And, of course, you can always listen to the podcast on your smartphone or tablet by downloading a podcast app like Apple Podcasts or Google Play or Spotify. If you think your family, friends, coworkers, or acquaintances might be interested in this podcast, tweet or post a link through your social media outlets to get the word out. If you haven't already, check out my book on Amazon.com by searching my name, Mel Weinstein, or Fast Food Ingredients Revealed. Till later, remember this. If you want to eat well and keep yourself healthy, eat food mainly from natural plants, not manufacturing plants. The outro music is a clip from Isolated, composed by Kevin McLeod.